Boyd, how are you doing? Doing pretty well? I'm glad. I'm glad you're doing well. I'm glad you have many battles during the days. I know every day of the week there's something going on, but I'm glad you're doing well. Um, the Lord gave me a word last week that, the, that his people are under like a severe attacks from the enemy who is attacking their minds and trying to get them to, to be distracted and to doubt things that they, they know are true. And so uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more um, in the days to come. But even the things that you know are true, sometimes the, I mean, the enemy is bombarding us. And uh, even with thoughts, there are believers who are having thoughts that they never had in their, their whole life. And they're, they're now, you know, uh, aged and, and thoughts are coming that, that they've never, ever had. I mean, oh, yeah, so this is amazing how uh, God is so faithful to say, don't be dismayed by it. Don't be disconcerted by it. Amen. Amen. I think it is in line with what uh, John, the apostle, wrote in 1 John. He wrote because there was a terrible heresy, and the heresy, some of it was coming uh, from the church. Actually, it was heresy that was coming from the church, and uh, so he was writing to refute it. And I don't want to always be the kind of person who's always warning everybody, but if there's danger, we need somebody to warn us. And uh, there's, there's a lot of danger out here, and sometimes we feel this, as though if we ignore it, it will go away, but it's not going away. So we want to be aware of it and always made aware of it. Um, uh, as uh, Brother Stan uh, used to say, uh, the, the person who is uh, forearmed, uh, forewarned is forearmed, you know, and so that's what we want to do. We want to, if you're forewarned, you're forearmed, so that means that you are, you are uh, able to deal with whatever the enemy brings against you. Amen. So uh, I, from the series, He Loves Us, uh, God Loves Us. And I'm understanding uh, more and more what that love brings uh, as I grow older in the Lord, not just chronologically, but as I grow older in the Lord, more mature in the Lord, I realize that the love of God is reshaping everything in me. And, uh, and then some, some later date we'll talk about that more specifically. But the love of God is maturing us. It is that love and grace. And we don't want to, to ignore that love, and we want to actually know what God is doing in the fact that he loves us. Because he loves us, now we have the ability to love unlovely people. We have the ability to love those who have mistreated us, hurt us, damaged us. We can still love them with the love of God and see worth in them. This is amazing, what God has done for the believer. Mm -hmm. Amen. He's done that. Amazing, God. Mm -hmm. And in 1 John, uh, John says uh, to, in, um, in verse 14, uh, B, he says, uh, well, it, he says, I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, lives in you, dwells in you, has taken up residence in you, it remains in you. And what John wants you to know is that there is no fiery trial that can undo the work of God in you. And you have to understand that. There is no fiery trial 
that can undo the work of God in you. Now, sometimes what we don't generally grasp is that we can lose reward by, by not uh, adhering to the Word of God, not obeying the Word of God, not incorporating the Word of God in our lives. And you may think it's a small thing, but it's a big thing because you will, be, you will suffer eternal loss in that regard. Sure, you'll be saved, but, you will, but eternally you will not be all that God wanted you to be. He says here uh, that even though you're strong and the Word of God abides in you, lives in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. You're, that's why you're here today. You've overcome all of his plans uh, and snares uh, set for you. He said, but there are dangers, and therefore do not love the world. And I want to go through that one somewhat quickly uh, because we did it last uh, meeting. Do not love the world. So it's very, very important that we understand that we are not to love this world. Uh, there are believers who have invested so much in it that they... they they have interest in it, therefore they love aspects of it. And he tells us not to love the world, this world system that has ruled God out. This world system is not of God. And, and I, I, I trust that, that you grasp my meaning. And so we, what we want to do is strengthen you against all the attacks of the enemy, strengthen you against uh, uh, his deceit. Uh, here he says, do not love the world. And... Uh, he tells us, are the things in the world, if anyone loves the, uh, the world, the love of the Father is not in, in uh, that person. And we are not to be conformed uh, to this world or to this age, but we are to be conformed, how? By the renewing of our minds. So what that means is, it, do, it does mean that I study, yes. It means that I study, but more than study, because we don't treat the Bible as though it's an academic exercise. What we do is when we are studying, we are receiving in our spirit man. We should receive in our spirit man because our spirit man is like a, a sponge for the things of God. And so we receive them in our spirit man. And then from there in our meditation, in our time with the Lord, it comes into our soul. It comes into our mind and our thinking and it will renew our minds. Um, and he, he tells us that we are to prove or be proof of what is good and acceptable and, and uh, what is perfect and what is the will of God. And then, uh, of course, as I forestated, for all that is in the world is not of the Father, but it is of the world. So John tells us all that is in the world, not some of the things, but he says all that is in the world. That is that system uh, that, that rules, as it were, around the world. You can never, ever look at the world and say, oh, this is godly. I know a lot of believers do that because we're, we're caught in a trap. We're caught in this, this thing. We've been um, co-opted. The enemy has just grabbed us and, and brainwashed us. Actually, our brain aren't washed. They're manipulated by it. And so what we want to do is come out of that system, come out, be separate. Uh, and that's, this is what God is calling. I believe this is the clarion call of the Spirit of God, is that we would lay down all of our interest in that system and come out of it and be separate. And just a, a, as a side note, uh, I, I have been coming out of it. Uh, as, as a young man, I was coming out of it. It was a journey out of it. But I can remember when I came out of it, I felt so free. And this is what I found as I came out of that system. I found that there was nothing in it for me on either side. That's amazing. 
You'll find that too when you fully come out. So the world has a false outlook, which is seen in what it deems important. So you, you, if you look at the world and you listen uh, wisely, carefully, you will find that those people who are talking to us have different interests than we. Th that, therefore, we should have no fellowship with them. I'm not saying we should not help them. Yes, we should always uh, be evangelistic and we should always be there as salt and light, but not to be instructed by the world and the world system. We are not to be instructed by the world or the world system. But God has invested in the church all, all that he wants for that, the world, the whole sphere, as it were. So you are not to be instructed by that. In verse uh, 16, he says, for all that is in the world, he tells us what they are. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. These are three categories uh, uh, that the world operates from or through. He says, it's not of the Father, but it's of the world. And so those things that are of the world are not for us, all right? They are not for us. Um, in 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22 through 23, he, uh, Peter gives us a very clear understanding of who we are and what we have and then what we are to do with what we have. Now, if you are hearing the word of God tonight, you're hearing the word of God, then you should implement the word of God. You, you should receive it and, and, and let it take shape and form in your heart. And it will make you different. It'll make you better. You will be able to to uh, surmount all of the, the problems that the enemy brings or throws at you. Um, you'll be able to scale the mountains. You'll be able to cross the, the, the rivers. You'll be able to go through the fires. You will be able to do that without being consumed by trials. Peter says in 1 Peter 1, 22 through 25, since you have purified your souls, how? In obeying the truth. You have purified your soul in souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren. Look at that. So we have to really love each other. And I know some of us make it hard on people. We do. We make it hard on people to love, uh, to love us. We, we make it hard for people, rather, to love us. And we should stop that. If you're here today and you know that you're a difficult personality, stop blaming it on your ancestry. Yeah. You know, you take full responsibility for that. And especially if you've been here, you've heard the word of God preached over and over and over. It's not, you're not like that because uh, uh, your grandma or your grandpa, you're like that because you're not obeying. All right? Now, he tells us to, to, uh, to, uh, in, in, um, to obey the truth through the Spirit, through the Spirit, because you have to do these things through the Holy Spirit. You don't do these things through human ability, through the Holy Spirit, uh, in sincere love of the brethren. Love one another fervently with a pure heart. Now, now, he says, he shows you how you're able to do it in verse 23, saying, having been born again. I mean, if you're born again, you, can, you have this, this ability, this enablement to do what God commands. You know, now it may take you a little bit because sometimes we don't know how to, how to leave the old things behind. Sometimes we have to learn that. And I, I can tell you how I learned to stop chasing the dogs in the neighborhood and, and the things that I didn't like because I, I, something would happen almost every time. I would trip over something and my shins show you I, I have growing pains. My shins are like that, all scarred up from my youth. 
right? So sometimes we have we go through things and we go through things. And we go, okay, God, I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm learning. I'm learning. I, I don't like the pain. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed. So he's telling you what God has done for you uh, that is otherworldly. It is from another realm. You have been born not of corruptible seed. The corruptible seed brought corruption, but he says, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So you have been born again by the word of God, by that which it, it has no earthly origin, right? That which is of God, born again by the word of God. And of course, he says in verse 24, because all flesh is as grass. Now, he's comparing uh, what we are naturally uh, to what we are spiritually. All flesh is grass. So what, what, Paul, what uh, John is saying to us is that, is that all flesh has an end. All flesh is terminal. So you don't want to act in the flesh. All that is terminal. It's as grass. And the glory of man as the flower of the grass. So the, the greatest thing that you could accomplish in the world as a natural person, the greatest thing you could accomplish, he says, it, it's like the flower of the grass. It, it's, it's terminal. So if you, you uh, my mom used to sing the song, you can build, I think she says, uh, grand cathedral, uh, cathedrals, grand and small, but only what you do for Christ will last. And so this is what we want to, to inculcate in you today, that continue in the things that God has called you to, knowing from whom you've heard those things too, Paul says. So all flesh is grass, is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. The word of God endures forever. And so thou, you have been born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. So if the word of God abides forever, you are from the word of God. You are who you are by the word of God. So you will abide forever. You will overcome the wicked one. Amen. And in 2 John 1, 2, we'll be getting to that at some later juncture. But he says, the truth abides in us, will be with us forever. The truth which abides in us will be with us forever. The truth which abides in us will be with us forever. Amen. Amen. So God is, is speaking to his church, but the question is, are we really listening? I mean, it, I love getting chronologically older. I know maybe when you're young, you think, I don't want to be old. Well, the alternative is not better than being old. So you just, you just live with it, right? So I want, I want you tonight to live with the coming of the Lord in view. Always live every day with the coming of the Lord in view. You don't want the Lord to come and go, oh, you know, like that. You know, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. No, 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 that's crazy stuff. You've been, you've been forewarned, right? Yeah, you've been forewarned. Live with the coming of the Lord in view. This is what John is showing. John is actually refuting heresy. And I was, I was going to say earlier that there's just so much craziness out there. And there are some believers, some uh, sincere believers. They are sincere. But they're trying to make sense out of the madness. 
and trying to make us understand the madness in the light of the scripture. But the light of the scripture is not coming so we can understand the madness as to embrace it, but that we might refute it because the light is for, is to expose all things. It's to make things manifest, to make you know what's right and what's wrong. That's what the light is for. So you are light in the Lord. You are light in the Lord. You, you know, you know uh, we, we can all be wrong on a particular point here and there, but overall, you are, you are all right with me. And uh, I may disagree with you on positions you hold, but I never stop loving you. Amen. I say that sincerely because I, I've thought this is such a mystery. I, I was asking myself, how is it I, that I can love people who have just done such and such? How is it? And, I, and, and the whole, by the Holy Spirit, I realized it's because it's not human love. It's not human love. So God has given us supernatural love. That's amazing, isn't it? Let, let me share something with, uh, you from 1 Corinthians 7, verses 29 through 31. Uh, Paul is saying, But this I say, brethren, the time is short, so that from now on, even those who have wives should be as though they had none, those who weep as though they did not weep, those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice, those who buy as though they did not possess, and those who use this world as not misusing it. And then he says, for the form of this world is passing away. Now, Paul said this close to 2,000 years ago, and how much more is that true? But I think sometimes, I think sometimes, this is my view, and, and you may re refute this view, uh, but, but, and I would allow you to, uh, for a short period of time, uh, that it, it's, it appears that, that the disciples thought that the Lord was coming back very soon. And it, 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 then it can, appear, it, it can appear that they changed their mind. But I, I, I think with a closer look, I don't quite hold that anymore. They were right by the Spirit that he was coming soon, but they didn't see the gap between that, that moment and the future. They, they saw him coming soon. He, he's, he was actually coming soon the moment he left. Really. And, and you and I ought to be even more vigilant today because he is now coming not soon, but sooner than he was then. Yeah. And so, so Paul is saying, you should live your life. He's not saying, you men, some of you overzealous men, and I don't mind popping you good, huh? Because there are more that be with me than be with you, because I'm looking out at the women. <laughs> but sometimes we're overzealous, and I've heard brothers use this to, to neglect their wives. That's a, it is not what Paul is saying. What Paul is saying is that live your life with a sense of urgency. Uh, live your life with a sense of urgency. Live your life knowing that, 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 hey, sweetheart, I know you want me to stay here with you, but I've got to go. Uh, sometimes, you know, people will say nice things to me, but I, I say, boy, no, it's tough being married to me. I think so. It's tough being married to me because, because there's something that's always pulling me, always and something. The Holy Spirit is always saying, let's go, let's go, let, let's go. There are those who are dying. Let's go. And I think the urgency comes from the Holy Spirit because he knows that the time is shorter now than it was when this was written. And so this is what he is talking about, living our lives detached from things and the world system, not in neglect of our wives. And if you neglect your wife, then you are like denying the faith. That's what you're doing. 
Because you're never to do that. You're supposed to love your wife like Christ loves the church and gave himself for her. Gave himself for her. Yeah. That's how you're to love. You know, selflessly. Hallelujah, somebody. And so Paul now talks. He warns the church against false teachers. But it's like there's so many false people. I, I, I don't call their names. I remember we were doing... Um, um, being Christian in a changing world. I, and I really want to revisit that some, you know, because I, it was one of my most fun things to do. We were doing being Christian in a changing world. And one, one day I just got so zealous. I was just, I was what they call wrecking, you know, and I called somebody's name out. And, and one of the brothers said to me, no, we, we, don't, we, we don't do that. And, you know, we, I don't know if I like that. Okay, bro, I won't do it anymore. Because you can't call everybody out, so why, you know, do that to some? But I will say this in a general way, that many, many men, quote-unquote men of God, who are out there uh, preaching and on TV and involved in, in the, the cultural wars are wrong. I'm just going to say that generally. They're just wrong. And, and I don't take sides with those brothers anymore. I mean, I don't at all. I don't at all. What I want to do and what I'm desiring from you is that we all just stand in the truth. Amen. Every day of your life. Yeah. So I don't choose sides because if you're standing in the truth, you don't have to choose sides. Yeah. And, and, and it's not incumbent upon you to prop up what God is destroying, what God has judged. It's not at all. All right? All right? So, so, so let's look at deception of the last hour. And so the deception now, I think, is more glaring than it was at that juncture. It's still deception. It's bad. Now, let's, let's look at the deception. So John is warning his readers to be uh, careful about deception. You're strong. You've overcome. But don't love the world. And beware of deception. All right? I mean, you go into a battle, you know, you're armed with your battle gear. You don't just be careless. Where's that enemy, you know? He's shooting, pow, pow, pow. Where is he? Boom. Oh, you finished. <laughs> yeah, you don't do that. You don't do that. When I was in the military, I remember a number of years ago, we were, we were training because we were in one of the wars that we had fought in. And uh, you can figure out which one it was. And, and uh, we were, <laughs> yeah, you, you can do a, it's arithmetic, not math, right? And so, and so I remember we had men coming in, they were what we call gung-ho, and they were talking about, well, I want to go, I want to do it, I want to do this, I want to do this, and I'm going to kill them, and I'm going to, and, and so I said, wait, 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 we don't want you, man. You know, because you're the kind of person who gets people hurt or killed. You know, we, we don't want that. We want people who, who, who know the gravity of war. And uh, so we must know the gravity of the hour in which we're living and not be careless and cavalier and don't take sides. Verse 18 says, little children, it is the last hour. Little children, it is. Now, now if, if we're going to accept this as the word of God, we have to recognize that that John says it's the last hour. So we are still living in the last hour. We could say in the last moments. We could, because of the way things are happening um, at the same time with such rapidity. They're happening at the same time around the world. This is not just coincidental. 
I believe it is the, the satanic attack. And what the Lord was sharing with me in the last several days, uh, actually before the weekend, was how the enemy is bombarding our minds. Our minds, to, as it were, take away our minds. To, to take your mind from you. I've often said, you know, we, uh, and again, this is not for debate uh, on my part, but uh, I've, I've often said to you, I really believe that the, the, the mind is not per se the battlefield. You, you know, yes, there's some things that are going on there, but the mind is the prize because the enemy wants your mind. He has to use you. He is an illegal entity. Satan is an illegal entity. And I know there are people who preach, well, he's got the authority because Adam gave it to him. Hogwash. I, I, I don't agree with that at all. Uh, well, that's my country saying. Forgive me for that. It means worthlessness because this is the whole thing. He has to use a human agency. He has to use human agency. And so when man failed, uh, man became a, a tool of the devil. So he, has, he, used, he uses people to carry out his wickedness. But God uses people to take care, take care out his goodness and his righteousness. So, so let God use you. Let God use you. Let God use you. Don't be used by that system. Hallelujah. It's amazing. So when God wants to do something on the earth, what does Hebrews teach us? Hebrews teaches us that Jesus says, prepare a body. Why do you think he says prepare a body? Because, because he has given this to the sons of men, this old thing to the sons of men. The angel says, what is man that you're mindful of him? Or the son of man that you visit him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor. And you have put him over the works of your hands. That's big. That's big. That's big. That's big. So, so, little children, it is the last hour, he says. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Now, always pay attention to what you have heard. John starts his God, this uh, epistle by the, that which we have, have heard, wow, have seen, have looked upon, have handled that which was in the beginning, we are bringing you what, he, what we heard God say, what we saw of God, what we looked upon, what we touched. He said, so don't believe anybody else. There is no new knowledge. That's what he's saying to you. And you have to hear the word of God. And, and Paul says, I think it was to Timothy, he says, you, you need to know uh, from whom, uh, of whom you heard these things. You have to know our proven character. Wow. And so he says, you've heard that the Antichrist is coming. Even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. And so John is giving us the litmus test. He says, the spirit of the Antichrist shows you that it is the last hour. What, and what John is telling us is that any moment the Lord could come. Oh, man, that would be amazing, you know. I'm ready for Jesus to come. Some of you may say, well, I want to spend my retirement and travel. I mean, come on. You want to go to Tahiti when you can go to Jupiter and Mars? Well, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? In, uh, in Romans, Paul, Paul, Paul is my other witness who comes here because um, I had Peter as a witness, but now Paul is a witness, and Paul is another witness in Romans 13. 
uh, verses 11 through 14, he says, and do, and do this, knowing the time. I think I had a message. Let me have Romans. Oh, knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. Okay, believers, so stop acting sleepy, right? Stop acting like, I just don't know, I just don't know. Well, I would, I would honestly say this, that, and I hope it doesn't smack of arrogance because I don't mean it like that. But if you're here listening to the messages that I preach and others in here preach, you can't say you don't know. This cannot. It's very clear. It's our time to wake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Nearer. Man, that's exciting. I mean, Jesus could come before we leave the church. I mean, it's just true. He could come for us. And listen to what he says. The night is far spent. See, I believe that we have lived in darkness or at night. You know, it's been at night. That's why we are light. That's why we are like stars in the heavens. We are light in the Lord. We are the light of the world. Why? Because the world's in darkness. Your light, your understanding, your wisdom, your knowledge, your, cla your uh, uh, clarity. When people see you, they go, something's different about her. Something's different about him. I want to find out. That's what that's about. Yeah. Now, it says, um, the, the, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. The day of the Lord, the day of the revealing of the Lord is at hand. So he's saying to the, to the, his, his, uh, the church or his children, he's saying, be uh, steady and be sturdy. Uh, be sure-footed because the night is far spent. The day is at hand. It's close, he says. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. That's amazing, armor of light. And so we, we know that this armor of light is the Lord Jesus Christ. It means it's not just, as it were, to protect me when I have some metaphorical fight. No, it's light in the Lord. And so that means that I am distinguishable to the enemy. He knows who I am. He knows who you are. You know, you know, he knows, and so he's going to certainly attack you, but we know that darkness has no authority over light. We know. We don't have to wonder. Amen. So let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, and not in lewdness and lust, and uh, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. So he tells us, uh, us how to live. So you don't live in that other way. Somebody, I just can't help it. You must not have the helper. But if you have the helper, you can help it. Okay? Oh, you give me five more minutes, huh? Cinco. Everybody wants, everybody, it's got to be unanimous. <laughs> All right, cinco y no mas, huh? Now listen to what he says in verse 19. They went out from us. So those who were troubling the church were, had been obviously a part of the apostolic company. Now remember me telling you that 
I knew that things were going to happen in the last day because my mom used to read scriptures to me all the time. When I was a little boy, we'd read scripture, quoting scripture, reading scripture, quoting scripture. And uh, I, I was just stayed near, near her. And uh, when my br brothers and sisters were going to the, 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 the basketball game, the high school uh, basketball game, I was at mom, with mom uh, studying the books of the Bible. And she was telling me scriptures, telling me scriptures. And... Uh, I, so I knew that, uh, <clears throat> that uh, these things would happen. But I didn't know I'd know the people. I didn't know that, that they would eat, there would, would be some who have eaten with me. Some that I've called friends who have left sound doctrine and left the faith. And then there's some of us who, who even though they'd say things and believe things that are damnable and say and, and believe things that are an affront to the blood of Christ and his cross, we'll still want to be friends with him. I'm a guest. I'm a guest. He says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For, listen, this is, this is safety for you. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us but they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. Tares among the wheat. Amazing, huh? In Deuteronomy 13, 13, it says, corrupt men, Deuteronomy 13, 13, corrupt men have gone out from among you and enticed the inhabitants of their city, saying, let us go and serve other gods which you have not known. So, you know, we, we try to keep everything simple. I, I've told you the story about how growing up in the church, I, I, I saw some things that I didn't think were right, in, not just in the church that I was a part of, but just in the universal church. I thought they were not right. And uh, some of our brothers have made merchandise of the gospel. You know that. We don't, we don't just try to put them, uh, you know, on blast and call their names out and call the ministries. But they've done damnable things and, and brought in damnable heresies. But, but we, we deal with that by preaching Jesus Christ and, and, and not by, by bringing, uh, serving, as it were, the God of money. The, the God of, of a new jet airplane. I'm not saying that if you have a plane, you're, you're wrong, but I'm just saying that we, we ought not to have to buy it for you when you can fly economy like we do. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Uh, of course, I'd like, to, I'd like to be bumped up to business here, too. Yeah. Every now and then I am. God will bless me like that. Can I tell you a quick story? If I tell you the story, you have to give me one minute back. But, um, but we, were, we were in somewhere in the, I think we were in Germany. We were flying through Germany. And I, I, we had a really tough ministry. Our ministry is not easy. It's not like we're jet-setting and enjoying. We don't complain, but, but ministry can be difficult. And so we were coming back, and I was so tired. And I, and I wasn't dragging, but I was tired. And they knew I was tired, Sister Rose said. I just want you to get... Uh, uh, upgrades of business, Pastor. I said, Sister Rose, ain't no way. I said, uh, I said, in the first place, I'm number 19 on the list. You see that 19? 19? 19 means nine, nine you know? Not, no, you're not going to get She said, I'm just going to believe God. I said, well, okay, you believe God, but 19. I went there checking through the little, what do you call it, little 
Yes, like a carousel thing, but it's something, uh, something else with an S. But anyway, y- y- a, a stylist, or something, anyway. Turnstile, who said that? Who said that? Well, she didn't say it with confidence. I would, I would, I would have heard her. I mean, she's, she, she's practicing the Teddy Roosevelt doctrine. Speak softly. Carry a big stick. But anyway, I turned through there, and the, the things, a little, a little, something, a little, like a little uh, piece of paper popped up. And I thought, what is that? And the nurse said, oh, sir, give me, give me that. Uh, you have been upgraded to business. Oh, so whoa. So there's nothing wrong with it. And so Sister Rose said, see? It, it, it took, you, you had faith. I said, I didn't have any faith. It was yours. It was your faith. I didn't believe it. That, I mean, God blessed an, that unbeliever that day. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so I'm going to take my, my one minute back. Matthew 24, 24 says, False Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. But he says, He will deceive, if possible, even the elect. If possible. Yeah, he may come close, but it's not possible. If I'm elected by God, it's not possible. Why? I, I'm a, I'll do this the next time I, I preach, but we'll talk about why. Because you have an anointing from God. You have an anointing from God, and the anointing is in you. Amen. And the anointing teaches you. So the anointing is not an it. It's a person. Hallelujah. It's not possible. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, God. Da, da, da. Thank you, Jesus. 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 I have great confidence in God for each of you. For each one of you. I want each one of you and your children and your children's children to be everything that God desires. I have confidence for you. I have confidence that all of your children will be taught of the Lord and great will be the peace of your children. They will come to Jesus and he will not cast them out. He will save them and raise them up at the last day. He will raise up your children. Thank you, Jesus. That's what he promised. He's promised. He promised. He promised. And we know it is impossible for God to lie. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for us. Thank you for those here. Thank you for everybody here. Thank you for everyone here. Everyone here. Everyone. Thank you. Thank you for everyone. Thank you for the warnings. Thank you that we are aware. We live in a, in a crazy world. But you've promised us something. You said, greater is he who is within us than he who is in the world. Greater. And the anointing teaches us. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. 
If there's anybody here today and you want Jesus, you've never received Christ, would you just wave, raise your hand and I'm going to pray for you from right to where I am. If you say, I want, uh, Pastor, I want Jesus to come into my heart, just raise your hand and I'm going to pray for you right now. Please raise it up high if that's you. Everybody saved? All right. Oh, I see. Is that a hand? Are you wanting Jesus? Is that a hand? Okay. Let me pray for you. I want somebody to go touch her. Yes, ma'am. Go touch her. Don't run away from her. I want you to go touch her. All right. Lay hands on and bless her. There you go. In Jesus' name. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray for this young person. We ask that you would come into her heart, that you would save her, that you would fill her with the Holy Spirit. You will cause her to walk in the truth of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, go ahead and continue to minister to her back there. Wow. Hallelujah. Bless you, Jesus. Amen. Okay. Well, it's time for us to go, and I want you to go home just filled with excitement that God has elected you, He's chosen you. He has fortified you against the, all of the crazy things the devil can think of, that you are more than able to resist all of his tricks and schemes, yeah? And you will be an eyewitness to his demise in the lake of fire. You will, you will. Amen, amen. Wow, so let us lift our hands to the Lord as we leave here tonight, and let us bless the Lord and bless each other by saying, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And the Lord give you his peace. In Jesus' name, I bless you. Amen. Amen.